Hey, this is Jaron. You're listening to The Dangers of Christian Rock, or something like that podcast. This is Colton. Uh, We're happy to bring you another episode, and it starts right now. Uh, We're getting ready to start. We're going to talk about Amberlynn this week. Uh, I've got Colton here with me. Oh, man. I'm excited. We are, are you excited? We're so excited about I'm so excited about this band. I'm so excited. Um yeah. What's there to say, man? Like it, it's just Oh, that's it. The podcast over. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I get it. So so here's the thing, and if you know, I, I wasn't just trying to, you know, channel one of the great wrestling re- legends of all time. Ric Flair. It's just Ric, Ric Flair, Flair, bro. You know, it, it just seemed like the right thing to do. Exactly. But here's the thing, is I love this band so much. Uh, I had actually quit listening to them for a very long time. It's probably been maybe six, seven, eight years since I've listened to their music, uh, really at all. And it it was weird how invigorating this music was coming back to it. And it, it's one of those bands that I don't think got enough due. You know, they had a lot of radio hits, especially on, you know, the Christian radio back in New Mexico. But they, especially when they tried to cross over, didn't really get a lot of love from what I feel they could have gotten. Right. I think, I think you're spot on with that. I remember just my first experiences, even with Anne Berlin, um, a while back, I talked about, uh, a buddy that introduced me to some music and Amberlin was one of those bands that I also got introduced to, uh, by my buddy, Matt. Um, we were in the journalism classes and this was one of the albums that got tossed on the computer. And I just, I ate it up, man, was the blueprints for black market. And it was just, dude, I, I remember, all right, maybe I'm weird. Maybe I'm not, who knows if somebody else has done this, please let Mm -hmm. us know on social. But, uh, I would take like a little CD player in the bathroom and like take a shower or whatever and just jam, jam music while I was in the shower and sing. And you know what? I'm just going to be honest. I wasn't real Baptist. I did a little dancing in the shower. Um, heresy. I know. Um, I know, man. But Blueprints for the Black Market was one of those albums that I would listen to while I was taking a shower, um, you know, screaming foreign language at the top of my lungs um yeah man (laughs) so many memories of this album you know, what I didn't realize go- coming back to this album is how many, like, anthematic type of songs, and I mean that in a good way, um, type of songs were in this. Because, like, Ready Fuels, like, if you don't get stoked on Ready Fuels, what is going to do it for you? I remember the very first song I ever heard from them was Cadence. Her, oh, you know yeah. What? Am I? No, Change the World. It was Change the World. And then Cadence. And, like, they did a weird, the radio back in New Mexico did a weird, like, rollout. And I'm like, why are you only doing one song at a time? But it was yeah. Change the World, which I was like, you know, this is 
got some good content to it. We could change change it down. Oh, so good, man. Yeah, and it. you know, I think because it had a very Christian, like, we're going to change the world type of message, that's why it jumped. And then Cadence come out, and Cadence was actually one of the first songs I learned how to play on the guitar, which, it's a wicked simple song, so that's not impressive at all. But I remember just loving that song, and you know, especially, you know, where it's talking about the closer I come to you, the closer I am to finding God. Um, I love that song. But then you also have Glass to the Arson. Like, Glass to the Arson is just... So good. Oh my gosh. Um, So here's the problem. Here's the problem. Other bands we've talked about were like, which song do you like on this album? I can't find one that I don't like on this album. At all. Even Love Song, which is a cover. Like, I really love their version of Love Song. Which I think they came out with that version around the same time as 311, who I think repopularized it. But gosh, 311, what a terrible band! <laughs> it is something else, man. Uh, the early aughts was a funny time for music, but this is just—it really, you know—I agree with you, Jaren. This is just some really solid music. I—I uh, rem—I could never find the album for some reason. And because I was in middle school when this came out, I didn't have money to buy the album. So I relied on the radio. Thankfully, so many songs were hits that they played it all the time. So I got a steady diet of this album. And so it really steady. And so I I just have really fond memories of this. Um, I don't know about you, but listening to this album, it felt very vocal driven, very lyric driven compared to some of their other stuff. I think that's accurate. And I think that you could even, I mean, the dude's got a, just a stellar voice, man. It's so good. Um, and so, you know, what I love about it is you're spot on with that, but I also love just how aggressive I feel like he gets, um, with his vocals and how much he like really pushes. Um, cause you could tell at some points, it's almost like he's pushing the limits of like his voice to the point, like, how loud can he get? Like, how far away from that microphone is he? But he's still pumping out that audio. I don't know, man. But it just seems like he's really right. hitting the top top of the, like, I don't know enough about music. But I don't want to say range because I'm sure he could go further. But, like, the volume and the power, like, he's peaking on that power is what I'm trying to get at right. uh, from, from his voice. And I love it so much. Right. You know, Glass to the Arson, that's the one that I think of when you said the power behind it you know where he's like and we are the arson 
I just like, and I've always thought he has one of the most iconic voices because there's just not anybody I've ever heard who has a voice like him. It's just, it's a very unique sound he has. Um, There's some real cool guitars in this, but I don't think the instrumental really takes a front seat. I think it really is complimentary to the lyrics in a good way. Like not in a bad way right. at all. I'm Absolutely. Not, like these these dudes were really good. Are really good musicians. Apparently, they're doing. I don't know if you saw this. Our our fa- our social follows Amberlynn. So if you guys want to follow back, please. Um, <laughs> but they're doing live shows right now, like during the middle of COVID, which is pretty dope. And I have not gotten to watch them, but I would assume live streaming really or live stuff. in person. <sighs> live streaming. Live streaming. Okay. Good. Yeah, not can't, like can't take any risks. Yeah, yeah. No, nah, I can't take. Any that's risks, pretty. So. That's pretty awesome. Um, but what you know, kind of getting back into that. Please follow us. But um, you know, you, you mentioned that they were complimentary. That instrumentals were complimentary to the voice, and I definitely, definitely agree with that. What I love about the instrumentals, though, on this album and even the next album, "Never Take Friendship Personal," is it seems like the instrumentals are really punchy. Um. Yes. And that's what I love about it. They're they're punchy. There's a little bit of an edge to them. And mm. it just I I can't say enough good things about it, but I love just the punchiness because again, at this point, when I first experienced this album, you know, I was just kind of getting into some of these other these other things. And so like I was listening to a little bit of Reliant K and like Reliant K was good, but it wasn't like punchy and aggressive the way that amber lynn was punching aggressive reliant k right. had their own their own you know punky kind of sound and they were fun and amber lynn seemed like the more serious like we're gonna rock mm-hmm. kind of band. Right. so i'm happy you mentioned never take friendship personal oh such a great album man between the two albums i'm gonna say that never take friendship personal is probably my favorite one between the two that yes it is wonderful um just you know in it's funny because the song never the the album song you know the title song gosh i'm having a hard time doing it there you go never take friendship personal i i was super impressed because i remember there was an arena football playstation game which is the weirdest thing to think about today because arena football barely exists but I remember that was one of the songs on there. And when I played the game, I was just so freaking hyped. That this song was on a game that other people would buy. Because like, this is not a band that non-christians are really listening to because they were kind of only on christian radio but i remember just thinking really cool i also didn't realize until today when i was doing a little more research ryan clark from demon hunters on that track did you know that i did not know that really he he does the scream in the song which is so wild i had no idea that makes sense that makes sense yeah yeah it was really cool um but this this album right here this is the one that um, we've been talking about like old MP3 players and stuff and Walkmans. And, uh, I had an old MP3 player 
looked like a stopwatch, basically. Really oh, heck yeah. piece of junk. Yeah, it, it probably cost 30 bucks, but it cost way less than an iPod. And so that's why I had it. And this album was the first one that was on the MP3 player. And the reason why the MP3 player made everything alphabetical. Amberlin, A, they're always at the front. And so that's awesome. with that also, with that also, <laughs> it it made all of the song names go in alphabetical order. So that meant Audrey Start the Revolution was always the first song I ever heard when I turned on that MP3 player. I love that wow. song so much. I I like just the the intro to it. And like you said, kind of that punchy uh guitars just it gets me going every time. And that's not a song that was ever played on the radio, I don't think. That that was never one of the radio singles, but that's the one right. for this that really just I mean, not only there's a lot of songs on this album that really stick for me, but that one just kind of gets me going, gets my uh, blood pumping if I want to get excited, which is hilarious to say, knowing that the Feel Good Drag and Paper Thin Him are on this. But that's that's the one that really just kind of gets me so super stoked right away. so crazy and that one's about audrey hepburn of all people i mean how many people do we know right. named audrey um, right but yeah about audrey hepburn crazy um yeah man i feel like i really like never take for personal or never take friendship personal was was so great for me but for some reason paper thin him was mm. the song of this album for me um yes. It was, this was always the one that I wanted to listen to first. And then I would bounce around. Um, and then the feel good drag was another one that I would just always try to land on. Like if I listened to this album, I needed these two songs. Yeah. Paper thin him. If anybody asks me, what's the one song I need to listen to of Amberlynn to get a feel for what they are about musically. That's it. That's the song I'm going to send them to. There might be yeah. other ones that other people want to jump at. Paper Hint Thin Him, that's the one I'm going to say. This is, if you want their sound at their best, you know, just with the instrumentals, with the singing, everything, I, that's it. That's the pinnacle for me. Uh, but even, like, kind of the more fun songs, like Stationary, Stationary, which I just always love right. that wordplay for the name, and A Day Late, I've always enjoyed those just kind of as, like, kind of fun, almost like kind of talking about relationships type of songs, but real just kind of fun songs. And... 
I love all the songs on this album, honestly. I don't think there's a single one. They're, they're like my kids. I can't tell you which one's my favorite. They're all my favorite. I only have two that's kids, not true, though, though. So that's Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's got a favorite kid. Don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, man. So, you, you know, one of the things that I didn't, I didn't, all right, here's a moment of truth. The one song Be that real. I didn't really listen to that much on this album was Dance Dance, Christina Pafkin. I don't know why I didn't okay. listen to it that much, but it just, it didn't feel like it matched the sound of the rest of the album. So I was like, I'll skip right. that one. Okay, I'll listen to it now. I'll skip it again, whatever. Mm-hmm. But now as an adult, so I've been listening through and as you have kind of gone back and kind of revisited this, right? In the, the spirit of what this podcast is about, revisiting this as grown folk or adults grown folk and kind of grown folk i don't (laughs) anyway (laughs) coming back to to this song as an adult the sound is like really intriguing to me and it actually draws me in and i'm like all right yes okay i love this and so like i found myself listening to this song like two or three times before I was like, all right, mm-hmm. time to move on to, to cities or oh, maybe I'll go back right. to, you know, blueprints for a few minutes. But um, yeah, dude, I, I found myself listening to dance, dance, Christina Pafkin several times. Yes, I I have always loved that song just because it's so unique to the rest of their sound. It's so different. And they've got yeah. there's a couple of songs on each album that I would consider kind of like a slow burn type of song where it kind of it takes a while to get going. It's kind of like takes a bit to get momentum. And this is one of those ones where it's like, okay, come on, give me more. Give me more. I want more. And once it gets to kind of the the top end, you're like, dude, I'm stoked on this. Yeah, absolutely. That is such a fun song because it is so different from everything else in here. Um, You know what's crazy, though? Oh, you go ahead. Sorry. No, you good. You good. I wanted to say it's crazy that how well this song specifically fits his voice. Yes. That was like, as an adult now, that's the one thing that I'm like, this is like the perfect culmination of a song for this voice. A hundred percent in my mind. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it's just, it's got so much range to it. It's so kind of different. And like, I, I compare this to, this is another band we're going to talk about later, but like Emery is one of those bands where they can have a song sound like three different songs in the course of three minutes. And I've always loved yeah. that about them. And that song is one of the few that's not an Emery song that I feel kind of captures that essence where instead of it being a one faceted song, it's about three different types of things throughout it. And it all flows though. That That's the thing is it's not, it's yep. not just weird or anything. It just, it fits together really well. Um, yeah. I, I've always, I, I, I would probably say I'm the same as, you know, when I first started listening to the song, the album, I was like, I don't know about this. I don't know if I want to listen to this. And then I remember at some point in high school, 
I was just listening through, probably just, you know, driving in the car or something. And I was like, wait, what is this? This is good. Because it, it starts off with yep. just a baseline. Yep. Just a baseline. And I'm like, I don't know, man. I want I want something like with some more speed to it. But yeah, that that's just such a such a fun track. Just such a fun track that I, I love that um over time I was able to kind of develop a love for that. But do you have any more thoughts on Never Take Friendship Personal? Oh, you know, I always also loved I don't know how you pronounce Blase. I don't know. The Symphony of Blase. Yeah, Blase. Symphony of Blase. Yeah. Um, That's a fun one. Yeah. That one was so it, fun for me. And then like re-listening to it now again is one of those things where I'm like, this is killer. And I can, I just would find myself just belting the lyrics out almost as loud as I can on my car ride to work. It's just this is our last good night. Say what you will say all that you can. Words have no meaning when I've seen where you've been. Like, I'm, I don't know, man, that just like quintessential, almost just emo. And so I'm like, yeah, let me feel that emo vibe. And I'm just, I'm singing it as loud as I can. Not, not well, but I, I remember singing this and that was kind of the, there's a couple of bands where I really liked, where the lead singer who was a dude who had a high voice. And I remember this is one of those ones where I'd always try and sing along and be like, this is our last good night. And I was like, it doesn't feel right, but this is such a fun song to sing along with. Why wouldn't I like, exactly. It was funny listening through it. I always thought of it as one of their slower songs, but it really isn't that slow. It's, it's really not got a steady pace to it, but it's like, just a little softer, a little more gentle, I guess would be the the way I would describe it. Yeah, and it's so... not quite as punchy as some of their other stuff, which was, you know, interesting for the album. But I think it nestled in well enough to give you a little bit of a break from the punchiness mm-hmm. just to give you some more in a few minutes. Oh, man. that Yeah, that's such a good song. And this is another one of those albums that had about, I think, four or five radio hits on it. That Because Time and Confusion even was a radio hit and that one is still one that it, it's one of my underrated ones that i'm like oh yeah time and confusion i love that song and i completely forget about it half the time but i love yeah. that song and this is just this was a quality album there's not many sophomore albums where you're like you followed up a strong freshman album and made it even better this is one of those times where they really right. did. they did so good um do you want to move on to cities yeah i mean we've got to we yeah, got we to can move on to cities. I love it, dude. You know, I at the time that cities came out, I was already past my. I don't want to call it an Anne Berlin phase because I've never really grown out of Anne Berlin. But what I was desiring out of music by the time cities came out was not what Anne Berlin was, and so you know, I was on to more. Uh, more on the heavier side of different things. I was punching kids in the head uh, at uh, O Sleeper shows or uh, at uh, seeing, um, gosh, what is that band now? I can't think of their name. Hmm. Doesn't matter. I was punching kids in the head and the pit, basically. <laughs> and so Amberlynn wasn't one of those bands for me uh, at that time. But coming back, back to it now 
Um, you know, I listened to it a little bit, but back then, but now, dude, I freaking adore Adelaide so much. Yeah, it's just feel good fun, and I just like the lyrics are, you know, not that great, but it's just the way that the song is just bouncing around, and I love it so much. So I tried, this was one of the names I almost wanted to give my daughter was Adelaide, uh, partially because I loved the name, but also the song's always been one I've really loved. Uh, mm-hmm. We didn't name my daughter Adelaide, but it, it was a close second. I've even mentioned to my wife, hey, if we have another daughter, what about that? And she's like, no, you've just been listening to too much Amberlynn recently. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, yeah, that's a great song. I, I remember when I, this was actually when I first got gamefully employed for the first time working at the McDonald's in Clovis, New Mexico, my first check, this album and a Houston Asterix shirt were the first two things I bought with my first paycheck. Did you say Asterix? Oh yeah. We're going to make our Houston fans really upset, Ooh. but that's okay. Uh, I, so Brett, I, I'm, I'm not sorry. a huge baseball fan. <laughs> I'm not a big baseball fan, but you know, I thought it was a really cool shirt. I bought it and I bought this album and I loved it immediately. I remember there was a, a mutual friend of ours who I won't name cause I don't want to put him on blast or anything. And I told him, I was like, dude, have you listened to this? Cause he was a guy I really liked to talk to about music. And he's like, oh, I don't really like it. I like the unwinding cable car and that's it. And the unwinding cable car is a great song. Don't get me wrong. But when he it's said that, it it just hurt his credibility basically with me because I love this song. I love this album so much because it was so diverse in sound and it really, it felt like a mature album compared to the last two. It, it, yeah, I would agree with that. It really, you know, just kind of the themes that they're going over, you know, the types of, th- you know, Godspeed, every time I listen to Godspeed, we, so I bought this not long before we went on a, I went on a mission trip to New York City. I listened to this song every time we got on the subway in the morning. So as soon as we're leaving on the subway, I hear... I mean, just that crazy guitar lick at the beginning. And I was like, this is going to get me hyped for the day. We're going to go teach some people English. We're going to go do some stuff. This is going to be a great day. Um, and it's just such a such an iconic song in my mind from that age, you know. Right. Uh, what All of these songs. Oh, man. Here's the problem with this band. I could just monologue this, Jaren, and I wouldn't even need you for this episode. But we're here to talk <laughs> together. So. <laughs> That's right. You know, it's funny. It's like. You know, as I was prepping for this this uh, this this episode, one of the things that I kept thinking was, I don't know if I'm fit enough for this episode because while I liked Amberlynn and I loved a couple of albums, like I wasn't the biggest Amberlynn fan. Um, and coming back to it, I question why I wasn't. Uh, but I, every time I I 
I was listening to this, I kept thinking about my buddy Chase, uh, who's a huge Anne Berlin fan. Like we always talked Anne Berlin, we always mm-hmm. talked their music, and we always talked Emery. Um, shout out to Chase. He bought me uh, a sweet, sweet Emery uh, sweater. Uh, I still owe you money for that, Chase. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> hit me up and I'll Venmo you. Uh, but we'd always talk the music and he would talk about these different songs. And I'd be like, I don't remember what that one is. And I'd have to like go back and be like, oh, yeah, I really like that. Or that's eh, not my favorite. But as I was prepping for this episode, I was just like, why did I not get deeper into Amberlynn before? <laughs> and it's been like, such a a war it's like been like a warm blanket on a cold night on my drives to work it's just been so comforting and like the familiarity of the first couple albums and then okay i'm picking up some of that in these uh these albums that have come out after it's not quite the same sound but i'm still you know getting enveloped by homeboy's voice and you know i'm picking up little chunks of old in berlin i'm like this is so nice right yeah and you know i i wasn't quite and i'm I'm guessing it's because you know like you mentioned you were kind of more in your hardcore phase i didn't hit that until a couple years after this real heavy um but at this time i mean this is this is still one of my favorite albums and when you talk to most people who are amberlin fans may not be their favorite album i i've heard that a bit from folks but i don't understand um because just the emotional and i so here's the thing i didn't have an emo phase in that i was like seen or anything but i definitely had the mentality where i was like kind of tugging at my emotions all the time with music and stuff and you know like dismantle repair that's a song that just you know, talking about how things are going to change for the better and, you know, just talking about the pain that people feel that, that just, and I, I didn't have a hard life. Okay. And that most of us who had a slight emo face didn't have a hard life, but it just really was hitting us in some existential points. And this really did um, talk about, and you know, where it says you dismantle me, you dismantle me. Uh, just thinking about the way that hurt words from others, um, really just right. tear us apart. Um, and, you know, especially as a teenager, like, yeah, words tear you apart even worse then than they do as an adult. And so that that was a song that I always loved so much. Uh, Finn, which, I, so I don't know, did you listen to the special edition version of this or just the regular edition? I just listened to the regular edition. Okay. Okay, same here. Like, I grew up with the regular edition. I didn't realize there was a special edition until we started doing this. But, like, Finn was the last one. Or do I need to say it French? Finn. Um, <laughs> that that was kind of like Dance Dance. Uh, Krista pa- pa- Pafkin? Yeah, there we go. Pafkin. Uh, it, it is kind of one of those slow burn type of songs. That Did you ever have a Sigur Rós phase? I mean, who didn't? 
<laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, so I, I had a, a very, like, I was kind of your stereotypical, like, white dude in college who really got into, you know, your cigarettes and uh, Bon Iver. It's Bon Iver, guys. Like, just stop. Um, no, you know, got dude, into that type you? of stuff. Don't you dare disrespect Bon Iver like that. All right, all right, bud. But this reminds me of Autobatur by Sigur Ross, where it starts really slow. Not not as like not as dramatic as that, but this has always reminded me of that, where it just really kind of crescendos into some really intense and it, it's such an emotional song. Like I remember yeah. there's not many songs that'll like pull me to tears, but this one always did, you know, kind of thinking about cause in reading through and it if y'all are wondering why we knew about like what some of these songs are about, if you want to go on a Tumblr, uh, Stephen Christian, the lead singer of the band actually has a Tumblr dedicated to explaining the meanings to his songs. Shout out. That's amazing because half the time we turn it into some esoteric, weird exercise where we're all trying to figure it out and we sound like fools, but with him, he's kind of explained everything and reading through what he's talking about as far as like a lot of these things you know, talking about different struggles and personal stories that people had and, uh, you know, the patrons say, aren't we all just lost causes? And, you know, I, I think where, let me see, I've got the lyrics up because I'm trying to remember there's a part that really gets, oh yeah. So Billy, don't you understand? Timothy stood as long as he could. Now you made his faith disappear more like a magician and less like a man of the cloth. We're not questioning God, just those he chose to carry on his cross. We're no better, you'll see, just all of us, the lost causes. And, you know, again, this is not him questioning faith, but kind of giving a picture of how many of us really do struggle very hard with our faith. Um, and not that we're trying to turn this into a theology podcast, but like this song has always just gripped me so hard because of that. And realizing, yeah, a lot of us feel like lost causes. Um, and it, that song, I just, I've always loved that song so much. Um, it's just so, so good. Anyways, any other ones from cities that you liked? <laughs> I got really serious um, for a minute there. No, nah, man, it's good. It's good. Um, I mean that's that's about the I would say the the hits for me on that album. Um, as we jump into some other stuff, uh, like New Surrender. I'll be honest, I never listened to New Surrender until mm-hmm. until we started prepping for this podcast. Um, and it was okay. I, I didn't love New Surrender by any stretch of the imagination. So New Surrender was the reason I quit listening to them. um yeah and you know going back to and i'll kind of explain my reasoning why is and one reason was very petty the other reason had reasons behind it um (laughs) you know basically after cities they moved from i believe tooth and nail over to lava records which i think is an imprint of atlantic i could be totally wrong on this but i know they went to a larger label and I was excited because partially because I was stoked that someone other than me was going to be like listening to it among my friends because it's like, oh, I can buy this album at Walmart. Dope. That means other people are going to buy it because that's when you still bought albums instead of just streaming. 
And it just fell flat for me at the time. It was not as dynamic. It wasn't as exciting. Um, and here's the petty, the petty reason why I quit listening to them. I was so annoyed that they made the feel good drag their lead song on it. Really? So annoyed by that. Yes. I was so annoyed that they made that. Cause I was like, guys, can't you, can't you just do this now? Let me, let me kind of come back to current day me. I actually didn't mind the album. I don't think it's a great album, but I enjoyed it. Like it was, I don't remember enjoying it as much as I did this listen through. I still don't like this version of the feel good drag near as much. I really don't because lacking the scream in the middle of it, it just feels like it's missing a piece of it. But I did enjoy this album. I thought it was pretty good. But yeah, I kind of quit listening to them for a while because I felt like they got stale with this. And it's not as dynamic as Cities. It's not as dynamic as Never Take Friendship Personal. But it's still, it's a decent, decent album, you know? Um, And this is where I, and I feel bad because after the first three, a lot of the other albums, I just, they're good, but there's just not a whole lot to it for me. I just, I don't find any, I didn't find many of them very gripping. New Surrender had some decent songs in it, but past that, a a lot of the other ones, it was just, I don't know. But yeah, it wasn't, wasn't, wasn't it for me. I'll tell you that much. Um, Are we ready to move on to dark is the way light is a place? That's kind of the last in the, I mean, it was kind of right at the the end. Um, last in the tens. Yeah. Last in the, in the aughts, the 2010. And that one was okay. You know, again, that was another one. And here's the other problem I think I have with a lot of this is for the first three albums, it's very emotionally tied for me. It's ones that I just, I loved. I listened to on repeat. These mm -hmm. I didn't. And, you know, I, I still felt like they were really strong albums. They really had, um, good instrumentation, good vocals, but it just, it wasn't as dynamic as what I think I was looking for. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I listened to a little bit and preparation. It's one of those ones that I had never, again, just like uh, New Surrender, I'd, I'd never listened to it until prepping for this uh, this podcast episode. It was, it was okay. I found myself just kind of zoning out when it was on. Um, mm-hmm which isn't indicative of it being bad or good. It was just, it was comfortable and I right. was just kind of driving and having a good time. Um, and that's kind of it right. for things that fall within the two thousands to the 2010. Um, I did just in the spirit of getting the full experience. And I think that you and I both have been doing this is trying to we'll listen yeah. <laughs> past that to kind of see where they went and just kind of discuss, Hey, this is what this band is now doing. Um, and so, you know, I got into Vital, I got into Devotion, and I listened through Lowborn a couple times. And right. um, Devotion and Lowborn just were not not anything that was like, I like this. It was, okay, I can yeah. enjoy it a little bit, but it was, sure. it felt more electronically driven. Um, sure. And that's not my cup of tea, personally. And there's certain times that I'm like, all right, yeah, I hit some EDM. I mean, I had an EDM ish phase in college you know where i listened to the ukf 2010 album um with gold dust on it like on repeat times a million um but devotion and lowborn see they're they're not edm uh it just had some some electric 
right they've got some electronically driven sounds and it just it's not what i'm super into but right i mean i can say that they've matured their sound and they've kind of turned into something right that i think fits what they've wanted to do from the beginning um with his voice and with their just instrumentalists like it's you can tell that they're they're excited about this this type of sound and finally getting some programming in and all that stuff right you know with lowborn i actually was very hopeful for it because i loved we are destroyer I, I thought that was an awesome track and it just, there's a couple songs in it that I still kind of liked within Lowborn, but there was just nothing that gripped me. I, I would agree with the other albums in between, you know, Vital and um, Dark is the Way, Light is a Place. Both of those, I, I'd agree, kind of the same thing. I kind of zoned out. I was like, this is okay. It's not great. And I listened to each album about twice to give it a chance and it just, nothing gripped me which that's okay like that's fine it just it wasn't kind of what i was looking for lowborn they started on a real high note and i was hoping it'd go because it we are destroyer really felt indicative of their early music but it really felt different that being said now that we've kind of worked through the albums you had a you had a thought that we were discussing before we got on and i want to revisit it about let's about what were they more of like a radio rock band or a Christian band? Like from the feel that we Ooh, get. Okay. Um, so prior to like reading through some of their lyrics on this Tumblr, you know, they're they're it seemed very it seemed very ambiguous on some of the uh themes and ideology and the things that he was talking about you can always tell that there's some sort of religious overtones or undertones um depending on the song um you know some of it was you know about another girl or whatever and it was like whatever that's fine um i felt like that was more lent itself more towards radio rock um more so than a christian rock band um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I, you know, nobody wants to be a Christian band anymore. They want to be Christians in a band or whatever, whatever the heck that means. But yeah. Yeah. you could tell that that's kind of like where this was sitting. It was trying to be all things to all people. And you can tell based on the content that it was trying to pull in other folks and then sneak in some religious context and you know people that this was before tumblr obviously but like some people that would uh try to figure out what the lyrics would mean then they would kind of dig in and be like oh i didn't know this was a christian band and then they would start kind of understanding what he's actually trying to say and some of these things and some of it was just about a girl and some of it was stuff about about god right absolutely you know so i i feel like blueprints really has that starkness there really really heavily because you got foreign language which is i mean it's about girls you know (laughs) straight up about that within it and then you got change the world which is very much uh you know an anthematic you know we'll change the world we are the lost ones you know 
and, and it, I, I agree completely. I, and it's not something I really had thought too much about as far as like what you said, like, are they trying to be all things to all people? And I feel like they are. And I don't find it too much of a problem because I think it is pretty clear when they are, well, in some cases where they're talking about a girl, uh, you know, like naive Orleans or uh, Autobahn. Come on, Autobahn. I know you're talking about a girl in that one. Uh, <laughs> talking about God that way. That's so weird. But, uh, you know, that being said, you know, some of the songs really, I feel like a lot of times are a little more personal rather than overt in some of their right. thoughts about God. Um, and, and I appreciated that, you know, kind of reading through his meanings for his lyrics. I felt like a lot of his stories were not necessarily stories specific about, um, you know, like Christian themes or anything. It had more to do with his own walk and faith and his struggles and I, I think that makes sense. Like, that's fine. You know, he wasn't aiming... they Them as a band were not aiming to be a, like, worship band. So they weren't trying to be right. overt with that. They were trying to tell stories, and I feel that works. Yeah, he even talks about, like, in Cadence where... Uh, where And I never understood the whole Joan of Arc thing. I was like, what are you talking about Joan of Arc? And basically he explained that he's like, well, I want to see God like Joan of Arc did when she was burned at the stake. And I'm like, oh, okay. I don't know why I didn't put two and two together, but it makes sense. <laughs> so, right. But yeah, it's um really it's such an interesting band. Really kind of a... It's another one of those ones where they hit their stride really quick. Really quick. That's fair. Um, yeah. Yeah. I feel like their stride stayed strong for a long time, too. It wasn't like they were sprinting and then boom, they fizzled out. It was they hit right. their stride. Right, definitely. They maintained I mean, the pace for a while. No three. And if we're just going to go with the albums that I like um, really a lot, we're talking Cities came out in 07. So that's a solid run right, right there. Uh, two years between albums. And I would say yep. some real maturation within those albums. Even then, if I'm not mistaken, after Lowborn, they, they broke up as a band. Uh, obviously, they're doing some shows right now, which is really cool. But they were one of those bands where there was some some change over time, um, not a crazy amount of change, not anything like you know where they're moving from you know techno to metalcore. Actually, that usually goes vice versa, where they go metalcore to to techno. But <laughs> that it was right. kind of interesting to see the see the flow that they had. So. Yeah. Well, Any other thoughts? All things considered, all things considered, I think Amberlynn is good. I've enjoyed them, and I would like to see them come out with some more stuff and maybe revisit their older sound and hit some of that punchiness again because uh, right. I would be interested in it. And if we're being honest, all I care about was I, was what I'm interested in. And Amberlynn, if you're listening, <laughs> you should also only be concerned about what I'm interested in. Sure. I don't know if they're going to do that because I know the lead. I know the lead singer is a pastor now, and so I don't. I don't know if they'll be doing that. But uh, he was actually. Ah. I don't know if you knew this. He was the worship pastor of Calvary of Albuquerque for a couple years. I did not know so, that. Interesting. Like, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, my brother in law actually bumped into him a couple times at Smiths in Albuquerque, um, just kind of randomly, which is really bizarre for Albuquerque, New Mexico, because you only like bump into people who are in Breaking Bad there, but seeing someone <laughs> who's famous outside of Breaking Bad is kind of cool. 
But uh, yeah, I mean, it would be cool to see them come up with some new stuff because they've always been really dynamic musicians. Uh, he still has a crazy good voice. Like that hasn't changed one bit. Uh, right. It would be cool to see if they came out with more because I mean, six years from their last album, you never know what would change, how it'd be different. Uh, it could be one of those, oh no, please, why did you come out with this? But I'd like to think it would be a pretty good, pretty good setup that we get. Absolutely. Well, that all being said, I think that we can both agree that we both love this band. And, we love it. Uh, it's a great you, band. Yeah. If you're listening out there and you haven't checked out Amberlynn, you should definitely do so. Thanks for listening to the Dangers of Christian Rock podcast or something like that. Hey, we hope you enjoyed listening. Uh, hey, hit us up on social. Uh, we've got Twitter. We've got Facebook. Um, you can hit us up on Facebook at facebook.com slash danger XTN rock and on Twitter at the same danger XTN rock. Hey, if you think that we roasted your favorite band and we're wrong, please let us know. Uh, if you have suggestions for future bands to cover, we'd also like to know. And if you've got a really cool story about a band, we also want to know, we want to talk to you. We want to hear, we want to connect. Thanks for listening.